babies. Hey. The 70s, barriers being broken, and the facade showing the first signs of crumbling. On this week's MCU pod, review of WandaVision 3, episode 3, that is. Uh, welcome to the MCU pod, a friendly, geeky discussion on all things re- related to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but with particular focus on WandaVision, the show of the moment right now, over on Disney+. Plus. I'm your host, Grant Davis, and alongside me is my co-host, Mike Moody-Garcia. Mike, how's it going? Hey, man, it's going good. If you can tell by the smile on my face, uh, I'm really excited to talk about this show. I don't think the smile's going to fade. No, no. <laughs> feeling it, um, feeling the joy. And, I'm uh, feeling the joy, yeah. Uh, I'm sure similarly feeling the joy. Uh, we're joined this <laughs> week by our good buddy, Mr. Randy Lander, host of the TV Dudes podcast, The Rogue Cast, and owner of Rogue's Gallery Comics and Games in Round Rock, Texas. Randy, how's it hey. going? Hey, it's going all right. Yeah. You uh, also are sharing that that joy, that enthusiasm. Joy-ish, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm so interested to discuss this with you. Um, Look, every podcast needs a heel, right? I'm, I'm, I'm doing my heel turn. Uh, Randy, you and I have um, podcasts with each other for over a decade. So yep. uh, I, this is not new to me. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, Randy, we can eject you from the show really easily with a push of a button. So be wary. <laughs> Did you say something we don't like? Boom, gone. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're on notice. Sir. Um, yeah, so uh, like I was saying, tonight we are streaming the pod live over on YouTube. I was not actually saying that, but uh, <laughs> um, we I'm supposed are to say the that pod right now on YouTube. Uh, we're talking WandaVision episode three. And yes, we did want to tell you guys that there's going to be spoilers for the episode. Some light speculation, some theorizing of what's in store for us as the season progresses. But, you know, we're not the writers. We don't really know um, <laughs> if we end up hit, hitting on something and getting it right. Bonus. But you know, we're not actually actively trying to spoil it for you. Um, before we dive into discussing the episode, though, Mike, can you let everyone know how they can support this podcast? Yeah, you can subscribe here on YouTube. Click that subscribe button. You'll get a notification uh, if you hit the bell, you'll get a notification every time we go live. Uh, we're also an audio podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify. Just go to mcupod.com. You can find everywhere we are streaming and everywhere you can download the show. You can rate and review us on Apple. Definitely subscribe on Apple, uh, even if you're watching the live pod. Um, subscribe to the audio pod on Apple. That really helps us out. And if you're watching live tonight, just toss us some comments in the chat, some questions. Be sure to type capital P-O-D, capital pod, before your question if you want us to see it so we can uh, discuss it later on. Hopefully in the show we have a little time. But, um, but yeah, let's get rolling. I mean, surprisingly, for a 22-minute episode, um, we'll somehow manage to talk an hour about it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the nature of, of podcasts that cover media. They are always longer than the media they're covering. Um, let's go and dive into this week's episode. Uh, it looks like we now have titles for these episodes. Hmm. I feel like last week we did not have, um, titles attached to them, but, uh, this one is called now in color. The third episode of, uh, WandaVision written by Jack Schaefer and Cameron Squires and directed again by Matt Shakeman. Or is it Shackman? Um, their synopsis for this episode is. 
Wanda's pregnancy fritzes her powers, and as she and Vision prepare for an accelerated delivery. Pretty generic. <laughs> um, um, it looks like the titles are being added either on the air date or post air date. Yeah, episode think... one was called Film Before a Live Studio Audience. Mm-hmm. Episode two was called Don't Touch That Dial. Yeah, but those weren't there, I think, no. last week when we recorded. Reality is shifting right. around you, Grant. That's what's going on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're going to look back and find out that those 22 ep- <laughs> minute, minute episodes are actually like an hour long later. We're like, wait a second. Here's the weird thing. I was actually on last week's pod. If you go back to the reality shit. <laughs> you loved it, I think, in that reality. I did. In that reality, I was a huge fan. <laughs> uh, oh, ready? Let's go there. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, we're going to go ahead and start things off by going around and giving our hot takes. Um, Randy, you weren't here with us on last week's episode, so we'll go ahead and let you give your hot take first. Okay. I, I have I have been to some extent playing up how much I'm, I'm not as much of a fan because I've, I've seen many people love this. It's not that I don't like it. I do like it. I am a complete whore for the MCU. They have earned some faith on that 22 movie uh, streak. You know, I, I adore the MCU. And I'm going to watch every episode of this regardless. That is 100% true. However, the trailer for this kind of pitched it as a sitcom plus conspiracy. And I feel like instead we're getting 95% sitcom and 5% conspiracy. And I just, I would just like to tweak that formula a little bit. I like, I don't have a huge fondness for black and white sitcoms or the Brady Bunch or Partridge Family or the stuff that they're, they're riffing on here. I didn't watch that much of it. What I did watch, I didn't like. So I don't have a whole lot of interest in watching a talented cast reenact it, even with sort of a wink and a nod. I want to. I want to know what's going on with the the reality warping and that kind of stuff. And we're. It seems very clear that we're going to take a long time to get to that because the the meat of the show is the sitcom, and this this episode definitely. It felt like this episode was very much that as well. It was. It was the, the story. The story of the episode is not about what reality it is. The story of the episode is Vision and Wanda are pregnant and having a baby and isn't that wacky. Uh, biting my tongue. Mike, what's your hot take? <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, like I said earlier, you can probably tell by the big smile on my face that I really enjoyed this episode. I was grinning like all the way through it. It was so funny, so clever with its like 70s sitcom recreations and how like pitch perfect Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany just continue to nail those tropey lines and, and the body language. Like I'm just so impressed with that. Um, all the sitcom stuff was like one of those perfect classic pop songs that just instantly makes you tap your toe. You know, it was just snappy. It was all so fun. And I'm a theater kid, you know, so I, I really appreciate that stuff. It's also fun. And the physical humor works so well especially when you think about like the uh, well what you're into randy the broader darker implications of the mystery of what you're watching like those darker seams really started to show a lot more in this episode than ever before but that was exciting but yeah i'll i'm gonna keep it short last week i I had like a super (laughs) long hot take but I'll just say that this experiment, because it, it feels really experimental. It's really working for me. Like the tonal mix, Randy and Grant, of, of mixing that light, bubbly sitcom world with these darker, deeper mystery elements. That's clearly connected to like Wanda's like fractured emotional state. I think it's done so well. And 
I think the more we go on, I think we are going to get more of that conspiracy and mystery bubble to the surface. I think these it's nine episodes. So I think the first three are kind of just setting things up. I think we're going to get like a triptych, right? The first three are setting these things up. And then we're going to see a lot more what's going on behind the scenes. And I think by the time we get to the last three, I feel like we're going to be back in pretty normal MCU land. Uh, it kind of feels like that's what we're we're going to see. But I, I'm loving it. It's astounding. I love you referring to it as a triptych. That really reminds me of what Watchmen did. Um, and yeah. uh, I did a podcast on that, too. But there was, there was a great discussion between um, Damon Lindelof uh, uh, the creator of the, the HBO Watchmen and um, man, now I'm forgetting the, the name of the guy, but the guy who did Chernobyl, he did a podcast Ooh. series with them. Greg Mason. Yeah. Uh, they did a three episode um, podcast, which was breaking down the first uh, third, middle third, and then the last third because Lindelof did see it as a little bit of a, of a trilogy and how he was framing that story narrative too. Um, I hope you're right there. That's that's going to be really interesting to see because this episode, again, I love it. I, I love what they're doing with this show. I find the pacing to be fine and easily digestible at 22 minutes and yet still packed full of such interesting tidbits that are opening up the larger narrative of what they're attempting here. I mean, the conceit uh, that this is a show that we are watching us, the audience, as well as sword is watching outside of the bubble that Wanda has cr- constructed here for her emotional breakdown or whatever is going on. Um, it, it makes sense that you have to follow that conceit with each episode being framed as its own, its own sort of meta television show. I'm on board with how they play into that, how they play off of the tropes going on there and kind of elevate everything because we the audience i mean randy you and i spent years talking about so many different tv shows and how they all structure and how how us the american television watching public are just so conditioned by all this that we can easily recognize tropes even if we don't have to like read up about them but like in particular um holding a bowl of fruit (laughs) in front of uh, her belly and stuff they were very obviously doing a wink and a nod to these tricks of the old time television shows where actresses would get pregnant and they'd still have to shoot around that in clever ways. Mm. Um, And I think this show is working on a lot of different levels. And in my opinion, it's doing it in a pretty smart way to dole out information that the hardcore MCU fans are already going to be getting but that they also have to feed a little bit more delicately to newcomers who might be joining into this weird show because it's a very weird, very conceptual, ambitious project. And yet it's fun. It is fun. And everyone who's working on it is delivering in a kooky, weird way that just I'm very excited to dive into this particular week's episode. That's what yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I like I like the fact that Wanda, like if we do uh, buy into the notion that Wanda is creating this uh, sitcom world mm. because of her like fractured psyche or whatever. I like the fact that Wanda is sticking to like aping the 
the bubblier, lighter sitcoms that don't really try to comment on like the social and political issues of the time. Like that makes sense, right? Because like in this episode, it's riffing on the Brady Bunch episodes from the 70s, not like a, a Norman Lear show or like MASH or All in the Family that really like tackled stuff, you know? Right. Yeah, right. it makes sense if she wants to like retreat to somewhere safe and calm, you go to the Brady Bunch world, you go to the Dick Van Dyke world, right? Nothing really of consequence happens there. Um, although we did get a little bit, uh, a couple nods here to like Mary Tyler Moore, which was kind of a little more progressive with uh-huh. the intro was kind of mixing the uh, the Brady Bunch and the Mary Tyler Moore kind of aesthetic. The and then, misogyny jokes that are like yes. winking at the audience. Exactly, yeah, with the misogyny yeah. jokes for like sure. Yeah. yeah. I have a theory that, and I don't know that, we'll, that I'll get into it, but uh, that Wanda grew up in Sokovia and she probably grew up on old, like she grew up in what, the 90s or 2000s. She probably grew up, I don't know if you guys talked about this in the first episode, but she old probably TV, grew, right? grew up with old TV. Yeah, old American TV. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it makes, it's it's a nice little nut. There's, there's a lot of stuff like that that I like. Like you can read between the lines and figure out that, oh, this is her, this is her old TV or, you know, this is how she thought American uh, marriage would be and all this kind of stuff. But I feel like it's all just, underplayed like they're asking the audience to to do a lot of work for them i mean i don't know i i think that as this continues to unfold it's it's a story that they are feeding to us week by week which i personally appreciate digesting a show this way because it allows us to have the conversation week after week instead Mm -hmm. of just the binge model which has just really undercut being able to talk about these kind of shows but i i also think that you know we're going to see this sort of progression like Mike was saying about if, if these are all shows she grew up with, if we're seeing this evolution from the safety of, of Dick Van Dyke and bewitched to slightly edgier um, Mary Tyler Moore, or I mean, Brady Bunch less so, but if it continues to progress like that, that mirrors the construct that she has, kind of breaking down the, the safety net of, of of safe storytelling and a familiar live studio audience might start transforming to not being able to rely on easy jokes and having to address a little bit more real issues. And th- that's what I'm kind of anticipating this like meta storyline uh, weaving through with the, you know, the, the surface level, and then the uh, the under the subtext that's going on with uh, Wanda creating this world. Well, and to Mike's point about being a triptych, if they are in fact, you know, if they're skipping decades, there's only got so many decades they can go through. Like this is '70s. If the next one's the '80s, they're really they're going to run on a sitcom before they get to the end of their nine episode run. So they're going to have to change the formula, and it's going to be a lot more of the conspiracy, real world stuff going on. Mm-hmm. I think right. that's what the third the third act's going to be it's yeah. we're going to be back in 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 where, where do they film georgia right uh, we're going <laughs> to see you know and we're going to see the uh, the mcu world it's gonna be a little more traditional um but hopefully by then and definitely by then we'll have we'll be a lot more emotionally invested in vision and wanda that than we ever have been before i'm already i feel like these are really i care about these characters i care mm-hmm. about their baby. I care about the plight. You know, I care about the fact that the neighbors are, are nosy and and that maybe the neighbors are are keeping too 
too close of an eye on them. And what does that mean? You know, and mm -hmm. I, I'm not as versed in the comic uh, stuff, uh, especially as you are, Randy. I know we'll get into that. And even you, Grant, I'm, you know, I didn't really read Wanda and Vision comics at all. So, well, that's kind of literate. Yeah, I can't read. <laughs> yeah. That's why I watch they TV. Have pictures, but they yeah. do have pictures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, you know, out of context, it's like, what, what's happening here? I understand. But, um, uh, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> You're not as versed in the comics and stuff. I'm not as versed in the comics. Yeah. So I'm watching this just as like an MCU and TV fan right. and uh, a fan of drama and comedy. And this is, uh, I, I, I really am enjoying the experimental nature of it. And I, I think it's just hitting all those buttons of it's funny, it's weird, and it's dramatic, and it's pulling my emotional strings. When things get real on this show for like two or three seconds when they do sometimes i feel it right well uh, it's interesting i one of the things i think works about <laughs> i was gonna say that uh karen says if, if they move to the 90s and riff off of friends or seinfeld i don't know if i'll laugh or cringe <laughs> i i so desperately wanted to be a friends riff i think i think that'd be kind of hilarious I, i'm still waiting <laughs> for the the full house riff yeah we have an olsen right oh, <laughs> so right uh, one of the things that I do like about this being a TV show and the way that they're doing it is that uh, in the in the movies, we got like 10 minutes of Vision and Scarlet Witch. Like we saw them having a relationship. We got the backfill of like having a relationship and then they were attacked by an evil elf from space. So like getting to see them as a couple and getting to, getting to see them have this relationship and do it in a TV show, like this could not have worked in the movie. You would have had to have moved a lot faster. And that is the one thing where I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm okay with the slower pacing because I do enjoy these characters. I enjoy these actors and they're definitely really selling me on this relationship of even if it's through this veneer of eighties or seventies or wacky and they're, and they're putting on a play uh, the, the heart of that relationship is there and the chemistry between the actors is definitely there. I agree. Yeah. Right. And you know, it, it is interesting to think that they were such side characters for a lot mm -hmm. of the movie. They, they get a little scene here or there. And while these episodes seem short, ultimately they're going to have some of the most screen time of of any MCU characters outside mm -hmm. of like the the main three leads or whatever four leads. So it's going to be interesting to see that they now have more screen time as uh, as major players in the MCU. Mm -hmm. um, so if we take a step back and take a look at the main plot, um, we see that the the joke is that they're having a baby that's coming out super fast like an episode of fringe uh she's just belly blowing up and then uh popping out the kid but there's wacky hijinks when geraldine aka monica rambeau comes over to um kind of you know i i think she's that's the question i guess is she aware or did she suddenly have like a moment of, of clarity or slip up when she says something about Pietro? That's kind of what I want to ask you guys. I'm not sure because the fact that she has on a sword necklace and the way that she's sort of ejected and they come after her, it seems like maybe she's an agent. But the question is, was she an agent of sword who went in and then got subsumed into the Wanda's reality? Right. And I don't know. I, I'm not sure whether she's playing a role the whole time and that that was her letting the mask slip. Or if the role was enforced upon her by Wanda and Pietro let it slip. I'm not really sure. Because mm. she does seem kind of surprised when she says right. he was killed by Ultron, right? Like, it's like she just realized. It's not like she's 
trying to trigger Wanda. It's like she just realized. It. Yeah, she she like slipped out of the the fantasy delusion that all of them have been pulled into by Wanda for a second. Like there maybe Wanda lost her grip on Monica. Yeah, or Monica was a sleeper agent who had full awareness the whole time. But either way, she's clearly a sword agent who tried to infiltrate this you know under the dome thing that's going on here. Um, and then at some point she doesn't seem to remember who she is. She takes on this new personality of Geraldine mm-hmm. and then yeah, says that that's where I was like, Oh, or was she trying to um, gently nudge Wanda intentionally as an agent, remind her of something that might help pull her out of this, just like uh, agent Wu was talking to her in the radio. Well, the one argument I have for it being her being un- undercover and then just dr- dropping out of it deliberately is when Agnes and I don't remember the neighbor's name her. are outside. Herb. Herb. When Agnes and Herb are out there, they're having a conversation about Geraldine, about her going in there and all this stuff, and they are clearly out of character. And then as soon as the vision shows up, they drop back into character. And and it's like they're definitely it's like they're putting on a character. And I don't know if that how much of that is Wanda and how much of that is they are putting on a character so they don't disrupt anything. And I want to know what Herb was going to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I I want to... Let's dig into that Herb and... and uh, Now I can't remember her name. Agnes. Uh, Agnes, yeah. Scene. We, it was so... That scene was so unsettling. It mm-hmm. felt kind of Lynchian to me, you know, with Herb kind of with a hedge clipper and now he's cutting, like, the fence for some mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, Agnes and Herb are just acting, like, really shifty and tense and... When Vision sees him outside, like that scene was was really kind of creepy and nerve wracking and ex- extremely unsettling, and it really shows the seams of this construct are like unfolding. But um, in terms of the Geraldine character, you know, they 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 mentioned her, and they're talk. They mentioned her to each other. Like, did you see her go in? And then when Vision comes out, they they try to uh, poke at the idea that she doesn't belong there. So um, when Geraldine did crack and mentioned Pietro and, and Ultron, to me, initially, um, it could be anything. But it felt like um, she was a sword agent who jumped into this reality to try to, who knows what her endgame was, maybe mm-hmm. pull Wanda back to reality, um, but did get lost in it to where maybe she 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 was subsumed by it in, in a certain way but kind of popped out of it when things got a little more emotional she she found her her mind again yeah well the first time we see her is in the previous episode and she's the first line she says is i don't know what i'm doing here right mm-hmm. so do you think that the rest of the neighbors in the community are real or are they manifestations of wanda are they real people who don't remember who they are I feel or like a mix game Truman show style. I'm yeah. not sure. And and that actually brings up the, the Billy and Tommy aspect of it a little bit. And, and a comic tangent, because in the comics, uh, Wanda created those babies um, using it, it's, it's a weird, it's in, it's in the vision Scarlet Witch miniseries. You mean like not with her vagina, not with her vagina. Cause okay. and, because uh, visions and Android, they, they can't have babies that way. Oh, so there's a weird thing where like he is holding her and magic passes through them. And then suddenly she's magically pregnant. And then we later find out that the babies were created from her magic basically, And they've done and redone the story of, but basically they were created through magic. They were created through her power. She can create life. Mm-hmm. So if she can wow. create life in that way, it's certainly in her power set to basically create life in this neighborhood. And the question is, yeah, are these 
wholly created people, or did she like? Was there a town that was Westview, and she basically overwrote all of them? That, mm. See, because then when we take into context that discussion between Agnes and Herb, mm-hmm. is is it more kind of like the Matrix? where like they're sort of agent Smiths and they're noticing that Monica is sort of this virus that has infiltrated this simulation of theirs. And so they're, they're talking about that and trying to figure it out. Um, or my other theory, like, or not mine, a lot of people have been speculating that Agnes is potentially um, Agatha Harkness. Mm-hmm. And if she is, she might be, sort of in cahoots with Wanda or or manipulating Wanda into going down this this rabbit hole and creating this this um this alternate simulation television show um Tr- Truman's show kind of thing mm-hmm. where this fictional world that she lives in I mean and then is she playing off of the other neighbors intentionally trying to get them like talking to Herb to try and get them to get Monica out because Agnes is also invested in Wanda having this reality for some unknown nefarious reason. Okay. I don't know. I don't either. And that's why I wanted them to put a drop as a binge so I can find out. No, Andy, <laughs> have patience. Because, okay, Randy, you have much more familiarity with this. Um, Mephisto. Yeah. Um, I believe he's had a bit of a a role in some of the storyline of Wanda, in particular, her having kids in some sort of delusion reality, right? Um, yeah, it was it a, being tied to Mephisto working alongside Agatha Harkness. Uh, Agatha was was Wanda's governess, and she was the one who sort of revealed that that her twins weren't real, and that they were in fact parts of the soul of this weird villain called Master Pandemonium. Um, Can we pull they were, Master they Pandemonium? Were, they were revealed, yes, they were revealed in West Coast Avengers. Uh, this is a West Coast Avengers villain. This guy had demons. He could like send his arms and legs out as demons. And then he had no arms and legs, and they were out as de- demons. And then they revealed that her, that her twins were actually two of the demon parts of her of his body, and he reclaimed them. So there's this bit where he's like, all of a sudden, got her twins. As, it's it's horrific, actually. <laughs> She's just learned that her her kids aren't real, and that they're actually the arms of one of the supervillains. And Look then later, <laughs> they, they reveal that no, it wasn't it wasn't uh, Master Pandemonium's soul that was split. It was Mephisto's soul that was split by Franklin Richards, and Master Pandemonium was being used by Mephisto. There's a lot of crazy retconning going on there, but it, but yes, at, at one point in continuity, uh, Billy and Tommy are parts of Mephisto's soul. That is I, so twisted. Wow. I don't. I don't think they're going to go that direction here. I feel like the the reference to uh, her uh, Agatha's uh, cat being Scratch. She also had a son named Nicholas Scratch. I think that's probably more of a nod. It's probably just more of a a throwaway Easter eggy kind of nod. I don't think we're going to see Mephisto in this, but I can't rule it out. Man, you know, if two if two cute babies come out of his arms, I mean, what comes out of his dick? <laughs> Puppies. Puppies. Yeah, puppies. Wiener dogs. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Dennis McElwain says, uh, I suspect Scarlet Witch was sent in to bring down the Big Bad, but the Big Bad had enough ability to make Scarlet Witch part of the simulation. Hmm. So that maybe she's going after Mephisto or someone else. And then suddenly it's like, hey, I have a counter offer. I know you're dealing with a lot of grief from the loss of 
your parents, the loss of your brother, okay. the loss of your love. How about you live in this fantasy reality I can make for you? <laughs> so um, vision back. I like oh. I like that Dennis brings up the you know the big bad idea. It, we're all thinking maybe it's Mephisto. Who knows what this MCU version of Mephisto will look like or be if he does show up in the MCU. You know how they like to remix things. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we saw when um, Monica Rambeau right was ejected mm-hmm. from the simulation. There's a lot of tech going on here, it it feels, right? In the simulation. It, granted, you, I think you're going to pull up something, but it felt like there was some kind of force field, and oh, it yeah. all didn't seem completely mystical. Maybe there was... <laughs> That's my shot of the force field. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, it, like, is yeah. maybe there's some kind of, like, techno-organic manipulation being happening. Those those guys exist in the comics, right? Yes, but I, I, I actually think there's it's a simpler explanation. I think that's just S.W.O.R.D. I think swords set up around this this community and set up these force fields to keep Wanda or whatever. If, if Dennis is right and it's something that, that Wanda's involved in, or it may just be Wanda. If Wanda went in here and started creating this, they may have set this perimeter up to keep Wanda from like transforming the whole world. Yeah, and now we see uh, sword right. is yeah uh, like I, I'm thinking that the next episode or the episode after we're going to see a bit more of sword and a bit more of Monica taking an active role in like a, a B storyline going forward. I would well, hope that that setup outside the, the, the force field reminds me of shields tent city set up in, uh, was it Oklahoma? I don't remember where it was. Oh, New Mexico in Thor. Right. That it looks like the, the setup that they had where they set up around a mystical artifact. This could be the same thing they set up around some kind of mystical field. They brought in their, their temporary because sword is an offshoot of, of shield as far as we know. Right. And, and sword used to stand for um, like space, but now they've changed the S to um, indicate um, sentient or superhuman uh, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. Sentient weapon, whatever they're trying to keep, uh, keep tabs and tamp down on any sentient weapons, which would apply to, um, this world or outside of this world, but in right. particular, the danger right. of that's posed by by uh, Wanda right now. Yeah. Um, I think the weirdest thing this you guys are talking about sword. I think the weirdest thing that this show could potentially do. Uh, we've joked a lot about how Agents of Shield is over and done with, and we're moving into a completely new direction with Marvel yeah. TV. Thank Very goodness. Fair. Even though I was, I, I did enjoy Agents of Shield sometimes. But um, the weirdest thing they could do, the last one of the last scenes of Agents of Shield before that show went off the air was the character of Daisy and another character uh, leading up a space, the space expedition of Shield. And I believe they didn't call it sword, but the sword logo, I believe, was there. So the weirdest thing they could do, and they're doing a bunch of weird shit, is uh, it's kind of connect to that. What are the chances of that happening? Almost zero. Yeah, I am on record as believing that the everything that Loeb touched in, in Marvel is never going to be referenced by the MCU. That there was there were office wars going on between him and Kevin Feige, mm-hmm. and I believe that. The Age of Shield is going to remain basically fanfic. I, I don't think they'll ever refer to it. Okay, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Given how much of that I watched right, and how much right. of that I was disappointed by, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. Um, I I wanted to also touch on. So w- we have this bit with this stork that's kind of bouncing around there, and it's it's played up for for the humor of you know 
a stork related to the pregnancy and her kind of being a little bit tormented slash haunted by it. And she can't really control things as her um, contractions are, are escalating in her pregnancy. Um, but at a certain point before that, there was a moment where there was a noise coming from the nursery and it didn't sound like the stork. In fact, it sounded a little bit more like this kind of ominous growling kind mm -hmm. of going on. It was um, the ice maker, Grant. It was <laughs> she, she calls it the ice maker. But I was wondering, like, it really reminded me of um, certain scenes from Legion when there'd be something just off frame that felt unsettling and unright. And mm -hmm. they've kind of been hinting to this. Um, like in the last episode, there was something hitting against the house and they, they made jokes about, oh, it was the tree. But mm -hmm. there's something shaking at the foundation and something evil in the heart of this kind of reality that's been constructed. It's clearly Master yeah. Pandemonium. We're going to get Master Pandemonium with his star-shaped hole and his baby hands and his weird Baby dog. hands! <laughs> you know, you know dog, what, Dick. Yeah. You know what ex-president <laughs> would be great to cast as uh, baby hands? <laughs> no i've already forgotten it <laughs> didn't exist <laughs> we just i don't know what happened we went from 2016 to 2021 yeah i woke i woke up and it was like somebody was like something saying something about pietro and ultron and suddenly it was 2021 <laughs> um so looking at the underlying plot of um of this this fake world that Wanda's constructed, we see we see these um, breaks starting to happen in the reality, and we see um, maybe a little bit of a heavy-handed metaphor. But we see Herb cutting the bushes, and then all of a sudden he's sawing through the wall. He's mm -hmm. he's cutting through the barrier that of their yards, and also um, you know someone's trying to cut through the barrier of this reality. Uh, I wasn't sure if him doing that was a glitch in his character. If this is something like Wanda is losing control of, of other people in the system or like, what do you guys make of, of him losing focus and cutting through that and then just being like, eh, it's not a big deal. I, I think someone is trying to send a signal. I mean, we know that Randall Park was trying to reach Wanda. Um, Agent or not Agent yeah. Wu, Randall Park's the actor. Right. Um, we know that we know that someone, and that he's probably with Sword. He was with the FBI, so maybe he's with Sword now. Was trying to reach Wanda, and I assume that someone was trying to send a message somehow. Now I don't know how they would have influenced that, but either maybe the simulation itself was trying to wake her up. But it seemed to me like someone was trying to signal because Agnes and Herb later straight up almost try to tell Vision something, and then Agnes stops him. It's like. They they want to, but they don't want to. There's a push pull going on there, and it feels like there's there's a there's a battle for control going on somewhere. We don't know who the forces are. If, if Wanda is trying to or is manipulating these people's consciousness, if some of them are real and they got sucked in or went in on their own volition into this sitcom world, but she's reshaping their identities, it would stand to reason that she was really distracted in this episode, seeing mm -hmm. as how she was pregnant and having a baby. So it would stand the reason she could lose control over a few people and their original personalities could pop up. Right. And, and th that once again, kind of leads to the question of vision. What is vision? Is he, 
corporeal? Is he is he manifested solely from her? Oh, question. Is, like, is his actions kind of controlled by her to some extent? It, is that the Mind Stone that he has? has? It was the Mind Stone, but I don't think it's still the Mind Stone. Okay, so yeah. it looks the same, right, as it did in the movies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unless, I don't, unless I, she made the Mind Stone back again. Is, and that's, that's that crazy. Power yeah. this whole thing. <laughs> but it's interesting because she doesn't seem to be, again, this is the question of whether or not she's conscious of it, because just like with Geraldine, for a lot of the time, Wanda does not seem to be aware that she's in this strange reality. Uh, so it's like she, and there's, and, and in the first episode, there's that bit where she basically is subconsciously causing the boss to choke because just like all those questions. But then she looks at vision and says, help him. And he goes, he like, he is clearly her puppet at some point. Right. Um, and yeah, that, that her voice completely breaks from character. Yeah. Like that goes to, to real life Wanda, <laughs> modern mm -hmm. life Wanda. Um, yeah. But if vision is, you know, a, a manifestation of her, then him starting to suspect something's going wrong. You know, she has to reset him or, or hide things from him. Um, then she's hiding it from herself. But if, if there is this real vision that's been given to her through a, a deal with the devil or a deal with Mephisto or something weird right. like that, um, then it would make sense that she's like extra protective of of him in particular and mm -hmm. wanting to preserve this fiction that she's making for him and her so yeah. she's working on two levels she's aware but she's also deluding herself mm -hmm. and that's why well, i'm kind of questioning this i'm like i'm, I'm not sure which way they're going to go with this story but right. it makes it makes trying to dissect this in their performances a lot more fascinating i agree it's experimental right mm-hmm it's so experimental because there's so many layers of uh, not just guessing games, but but Randy, the conspiracy angle you're wanting is all over this show, even though it can give us like a picture perfect uh, recreation of these sitcoms that it's aping um, every line, every character interaction. There's a, a wealth of subtext to decode there. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it is definitely in there. But it's like it's the Easter egg, it's the veneer, whereas the plot is the is the story of what's going on in each episode. Like I, that's one of the reasons I would like this to be a binge. I know that it, I, I understand the reason it's not, and I, and I, I hear the argument for it. Mm -hmm. But I would like to know how this resolves because that's going to inform how I wind up liking all these early episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear you. That'll be great, though. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you gotta watch to the end of a movie to decide if you like the beginning of the movie. <laughs> um uh here's another question I want to pose. Um when do you guys think this takes place in the MCU? Because we know that happens after Endgame. Does it happen mm -hmm. before Tony's funeral? Is is this after Tony's funeral? How long after? I assume that this takes place post Endgame, post Tony's funeral. I assume that that is the timeline, but that's just an assumption because there were five years in there where Vision was dead and Scarlet mm -hmm. Witch was around. So this could have this could be during the snap. I mean, this could be during the what do they call it in, in Spidey uh, Far From Home? The blip. This could mm -hmm. be the blip era. Uh, we wow. don't. Really, there's no way to know. See, that's really interesting too. Um, 
this show is supposed to tie in somehow to the next Doctor Strange movie mm-hmm. into the multiverse of madness or whatever. Right. Right. Um, and if this happens in a somewhat dead timeline, <laughs> but it has larger MCU ramifications and um, maybe strange dips in there and pulls her out or something like that. I, I don't know. I like that. I like that complication that it could be within that blip time frame within that five years. But I think it feels like they really want to bring vision back and have yeah. him back in the MCU. So my guess, mm-hmm. and he wasn't, we didn't see anyway, she was still mourning him after Tony's right. funeral. Right. She was uh, her and, uh, and Hawkeye, right. We're mm-hmm. together at, at the end of the funeral morning uh black widow and vision so i i'm feeling that this is going to be post that and post tony's funeral and um hopefully we'll get vision back in play for for good yeah i guess it depends on whether they go the tragic route of of vision does not stick around also let me throw let me throw a complication here okay multiverse of madness implies alternate realities what if this isn't the main 616 uh mcu it could be but she's it still feels like she's cognizant of a loss of him. Yeah. The yeah. commercials that are happening seem like a reminder of trauma. And I, I was wondering today if the commercials aren't actually um, her manifestations so much mm-hmm. as messages being sent by sword into her television program. Like right. they're filming it outside and they're kind of projecting this in as a commercial message to try and reach her in right. a little bit more of a subtle attempt than um, than Monica Rambojo's being like, hey, wasn't Piotr killed by Ultron? Instead of <laughs> being like, hey, Hydra soak soap. Remember Hydra and mm-hmm. how they Can't- recruited you alongside uh, what's his name? That's a I, I think that's a really good theory. One one quick thing, Dennis McElwain does point out this can't be during the blip. Scarlet Witch got dusted. Oh, that's what I was about to ask. Um, yeah, she was not around. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hey, Grant, can you pull up that um, the picture of that ad? Uh, yes. So bad. Not this one. Oh, I love that one, though. <laughs> uh, this, by the way, is kind of great because it looks like it parallels um, this old classic comic here, Vision mm-hmm. the Scarlet Witch. You can see the same poses they're doing here. Yeah, uh, that was my favorite shot of this episode. I didn't even know it was from this this classic uh, Marvel Comics cover because bum, 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 it, th- things go wonky. They, I thought it was just yeah. kind of like that's how '70s superheroes would pose at that. But moment, that was, you know? it was such a moment. By the way, that's one of my first comics I ever bought. Oh, <laughs> fine. So, I, I want you to pull this up because it's, it's yeah. the tagline of Hydra Soak is "Find the Goddess Within." Mm-hmm. What does that mean? The goddess. Is, is that this, referring to her power? Is that referring to her power level? Is it um, about maybe her trying to find herself and uh, kind of regain a sense of herself and strength to be able to break out of whatever's going on, the confines that she's finding herself in? Or yeah, it, I think or, she hasn't really like consciously tapped into the, the ultimate level of her power. Like... <laughs> 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 lovely lovely uh uh bubble bath image thank you um uh, what 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 i've been seeing in the show i've been like really astounded by the level of power 
that she's mm-hmm. displaying here. Like, mm-hmm. like today when the, in this episode, when the, the whole house got soaked, she, she, she was storm. She commanded the wind to come in and dry everyone off. That blew me away. Storm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm older than both of you guys. Do you oh. remember the, the Calgon commercials? The Calgon take me away. The, yeah. The yeah. Thing? Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was a nice nod. I gotta give credit for that. Well, Wanda was super powerful in the, in the movies. I mean, she was in infinity war. She basically tilted the balance of the fight in Endgame. She was the thing that was so dangerous to Thanos that he fired on his own troops. Like it, it, they definitely are, are going with that power level here. Right. Um, I think that, oh, another thing I wanted to uh, talk about was, um, the, the intro itself, because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I pulled up images here. Um, I, I, I like how they play with this and this is just one of those things that's always going to get me in a show when they can continue to show their playfulness and their creativity. Um, but they seem to be. They're obviously playing off of um, Brady Bunch here, right? With this mm-hmm. WandaVision, which... And Mary uh, Tyler Moore, too. I yanked this image from someone else. <laughs> oh, yeah but, uh, yeah. but they show, like, you know, the the nine or the three by three grid mm-hmm. uh, with the text. And they're using these hexagons. And we've seen these hexagons in the first episode, right when they fade out of the TV screen to the guy on sword. It's with a hexagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... Uh, in the second episode, you see, I think you see it a little bit in the bewitched intro. There's hexagons going on there. Um, that's kind of what radiate out of the, um, the name initially. And then you also have like the, the beekeeper dude who pops out of the sewer, which, you know, beehives are very much in like a a hexagon structure. Um, which I I was wondering, Randy, as our, our comic book expert (laughs) expert here, um, if there's anything in particular about hexagons that. So I, I saw this in the notes and it's funny because uh, slight divert, you know, you've seen the meme. That's like the Spider-Man. It's, it's somebody's like, I Googled Spider-Man. I wondered if spiders had a real spider sense. And I Googled it and Google treated me like the idiot that I was when it was like, yes, spider stick danger with a sense we call eyes. <laughs> I had a moment like that here because I was like hexagon. Huh? Has there been? I was thinking like, uh, Jonathan Hickman uses hexagon in some of his like charts and stuff in X-Men and Secret Warriors. I'm like, is it something with that? So I did a search for uh, Marvel hexagons or Marvel hex. And I was like, oh, Scarlet Witch is a hex that throws hexes. And that is probably what the reference is. Her, oh, her powers are called hexes. And I'm 100% sure now that right that's there, Will, what it is. Yep. Will Morris says yep. hex spells? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's like one of those things where I felt like such an idiot because I'm like, oh, God, of course that's what it is. When you abbreviate, you start typing. You're like X. Yeah, that's it. Um, it. I, I saw some posts about last week's episode where they're in their magicians' costumes, and that in color, you would see that she's actually wearing um, that Wanda's wearing a red outfit instead of like a black and silver, which we see in black and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this week, we see when she's trying to get rid of the stork, she keeps using her magic, and it's this red smoke around it, and like mm-hmm. it. I, I like how we're seeing much more now that we're getting color of, of how red is so, uh, so integral to her and her, her spells. Well, and that was something important when, when Monica gets ejected, she's got that red glow around her. 
you can see that it was Wanda that did it. And I also wonder, that reminds me of Captain Marvel. She got suffused with the uh, Infinity Gem energy. That's where she got her powers. Captain Marvel in the comics has hugely powerful. She can transform into different beam, uh, light, uh, anything electromagnetic magnetic spectrum, all kinds of light. And I wondered if this is the moment she gets her powers. I wonder if Wanda basically ejecting her and suffusing her with her oh. X powers is going to give her the powers to become Captain Marvel. Yeah. She, in that moment, is wearing the um, iconic blue and white of, uh, what, what's her character's name? Uh, Captain Marvel was her original name, and then she, now she's become Photon, I think, is her, is her other code name. But I also... There, I thought there was a different uh, code name that she went by. A different code name. She was, when I first was introduced to her, she was Captain Marvel. Ah. Uh, but then she became Photon, and I think Spectrum maybe now? I, I don't remember. Um, but it's interesting because I just realized this. The sword logo that she's got, the sort of stylized one. It's the, also, on the necklace? Yeah, it's also on her costume. Like she has a sword, uh, a sort of a sword starburst on her white and silver costume that she's got. And I wonder if that's a, a nod to like where that would come from. I don't know they're going to give her powers in this, but I, but I think they might. And if they do... That's sort of another visual nod. Yeah, it, it's interesting when they find different little avenues to imbue powers on these characters. And if it's yeah. just by, um, you know, getting thrown out of the club. Yeah. <laughs> powers. Uh, right on. Okay. Well, Wanda's powers come from the uh, mind gem. Whatever, whatever the gem is that, uh, that they use to give her powers. So she's just like uh, Captain Marvel is sort of tertiary uh, infinity gem powered. If Monica's powers come from being touched by the by the gems, it seems like their powers can create miracles, or what they're oh, called. So mm -hmm. she she was imbued with power from the mind gem in Age of Ultron. Yep, and then ultimately falls in love with Vision, who's controlled, who's a manifestation somewhat of um, of the mind gem, mm -hmm. as well as the AI that Tony made. Yep. Um, huh. That, that, that's kind of interesting. Like she's just drawn back to it. I hadn't mm -hmm. really thought about that. Um, do you guys want to go into a few Easter eggs that they had in here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Hold name on, of the before, doctor... before you go into Easter eggs. Sure. I, I like that in the notes for you talking about the intro, you're, you're pulled together. Some of the references, like you have the Brady bunch, Mary mm -hmm. Tyler Moore, three's company, mm -hmm. Mork and Mindy, which all makes sense. Then you have girls, HBO's girls. Oh no, no. no. He's referring to the comic girls. There's a comic, oh. yeah, called Girls that had a dome that all these um women. Well, Randy, you remember that? Right? Naked alien women, yeah. Naked alien women. <laughs> um, I yeah. So, Easter eggs wise, yeah. Um, the doctor's name is Doctor Nielsen, which seems like a reference to Nielsen ratings. Um. Mm -hmm. Could also be Leslie Nielsen, but I doubt it. No, I think I think you're right. Given the, the amount of meta, uh, especially to the '70s when it was really king, Nielsen ratings make sense. Um, the intro song as it was going on, uh, is it played its full loop, and then it seemed like it was ending, and then it kind of brought itself back out again to the point where I'm like, are they going to do a too many cooks kind of play? <laughs> it kept going. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was cracking me up. I was like, uh, I gotta go rewatch re Too Many Cooks. <laughs> it's so bonkers. Um, if I, if none of you have ever seen Too Many Cooks, look it up. It was this Adult Swim video. It's great. The song uh, is very uh, Partridge Family. Right. Yeah. 
there's the line in this that is one plus one is more than two and they keep saying it a few times and you know it, it, I, it's talking about how they're making more people out of kind of nothing because one plus one is two but there seem to be kids popping up where are those kids even real they're imaginary whatever but this they're totally reminds me of hands. the pandemonium hands again <laughs> this totally reminded me of Terrence Howard, who played um, uh, War Machine mm. in the first movie, he's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he gave this interview one time where he was talking about all these symbols. And he's like, here's the thing, man. One plus one, you think it, it, it equals two. But one plus one does not equal two. And it was like, what are you saying? <laughs> it was going into like how people don't understand real math and like this like spiritual stuff. But anyway, I was like, are they making fun of Terrence Howard? <laughs> yes, they probably are. I I would kind of love that. Um, Ag- Agnes had a, a brooch on that had witches on it. Hmm. Uh, it had three witches. Some people were saying that there's a a scythe one is holding, which might be uh, another reference to Grim Reaper. There was a reference in um, episode two, Randy. I don't know if you also noticed that the Grim Reaper. Oh, I didn't catch that. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, um, in the animated sequence, the bewitched style, they mm-hmm. zoom down between the floorboards of the first floor and the second floor. And mm-hmm. there's a Grim Reaper mask in between the, um, the, the ceiling and floor. Uh, that makes sense. The Grim Reaper was in the one Vision miniseries, and of course, is uh, sort of semi the Vision's brother through this weird, yeah, transitive properties. Um, and then the the newspaper that the neighbor is reading says two fire hydrants added on Main Street. Mm-hmm. It's folded in a way that it kind of reads like two fire hydra, like hydra's kind of dropped in there, um, which kind of also ties back into that commercial that was going on, right? Um, but also. Two, two kids are being added into the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have been kind of tied to that, or just how things appear and disappear at Wanda's will <laughs> in the neighborhood. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's talk about some theories then going forward for next week's episode. What do you guys anticipate? Well, theory. we're we're on we're on to the second part of the triptych, right? If this is if if Mike's mm-hmm. theory is correct, we should be turning a corner here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll be turning a corner. I think we'll see since um, Monica Rambeau was ejected this week, and she is part of the main cast. Mm-hmm. Um, we might see a little more of the outside world now that she's ejected, and she's still part of the cast. So maybe we're going to see a little bit of her journey trying to get back in, and that's how we'll be fed a little more information about exactly what's really going on here. I think we'll start to see that through her character. Um, I, I just saw this comment from Dennis. It says, <laughs> was Form being the beekeeper the most idiotic theory that this shows around, or have you seen worse theories? What is Swarm? Swarm is a Nazi man made of bees. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. Yep. yep. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> I kind of love it. I don't know how we're going to talk about it. <laughs> it's like, think about it. What if Sandman but bees yeah, and yeah. Nazi? 
Yeah, what if he was a Nazi scientist who made up bees? Didn't they yep. already have that that lead guy, Grant, whatever, um, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. be... Was he not Swarm? Was he like some he other... Hive. He was Hive. Hive, which is also a, a guy made out of a bunch of bugs or some shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's dumb. But, but he's not a Nazi made of bees in the shape of a man with a cape. I mean... It... As anyone who has had kids knows, um, having kids is very exhausting and stressful. So <laughs> I imagine the system that Wanda has established is going to take more hits and start mm -hmm. crumbling. Maybe more of the neighbors start kind of um, coming in and out of, of recognizing what's going on in the neighborhood, in the system, and trying to band together as well to try and stop her. Maybe reaching out to Vision, being like, hey, what's going on? And causing a rift between that relationship um and if i can go into a little bit of weird speculation i uh -huh. don't i don't know what is up with it but if you look at the imdb cast they show the actor uh damn it i should have pulled up his name um yavid iqbal who <laughs> oh from, is that a from discovery where they made up an actor in imdb to be Ash Tyler? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Uh, no, they are listing Evan Peters as mm, being yeah. a part of this cast. And mm. Evan Peters, um, he's been on like American Horror Story, but more notably in the X-Men, he played Quicksilver. Yeah. Not this MCU version of, of Quicksilver, Pietro. He played a right. different version. He was also in Kick-Ass alongside Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, uh, and so both Quicksilver was in that movie. But... <laughs> If he's in this, is he going to be an alternate reality version of Quicksilver? Like, is this lending credence to your multiverse idea, Randy? I, I mean, maybe. I hadn't considered it, but that's a, that's a possibility. It is, it's interesting to think about um, the fact that like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse really did a good job playing with what the multiverse could be. But now we're hearing that the third Spider-Man movie seems to be doing like a bunch of crossover multiverse stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Seeing something like this makes, makes me go, are, are they going to jump the gun on, on Spider-Man and have this, have Wanda vision be like one of those first weird crossover multiverse things in, in real life. I mean, we are going to get the animated "What If" series, which which flat out is a multiverse concept. So they may be dipping their toes in on the TV universe. That that would make sense. That's true. Or they just want us to think that and talk about yeah. it, and he's going to play a completely different character, which is fine too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the actor. Um, mm -hmm. I'm yeah. going to be fine with whatever he plays, but uh, it would be really cool because I think that um, Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, didn't want to be a part of any more of these. Really? Yeah. He didn't want to be tied down to it anymore. That's, that's too bad. The only reason I don't know. I don't... the first one, I think, was because um, Elizabeth Olsen was in it, and he liked working with her on Godzilla or whatever he worked on. Her. I didn't know anything oh. about him personally, but I, I enjoyed him as Pietro. thought he was yeah, really good. Too. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Uh, question, do you guys think, what sitcoms do you think they're going to riff on next? Do you, if we're jumping to the 80s, what are the obvious sitcoms that you, that you riff on? Well, she has kids, right? Yeah. So, Full House. May, may, well, that's was that eighties or nineties? Late eighties, early nineties. I'm thinking maybe, maybe like uh, Full House, not Full House, um, Family Ties, Growing mm, Pains, family sitcoms like that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect, that perfect Strangers. 
<laughs> if we're tying I, this into Watchmen some more. I just want there to be a bar uh, so somewhere for the to cheers. So just like Vision goes to a bar and, uh, and Sam Malone is there. That's all I want. Oh, man. <laughs> that would be great. Good place uh, crossover. I was thinking Roseanne because some of the shots mm, yeah. just kind of gave me that family. Yeah. 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 The, the couch that has the, mm-hmm. the blanket thrown over the edge of it or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it feels like Roseanne. That's a question I wanted to ask. And I didn't pay close enough. I did rewatch all this right before we came on. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Guinness gets me. Cheers. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> is it the same house or the, is the house changing with every reality? Changing. Like, that's what I thought. I wasn't sure if it was like this was a different room or if it's like a completely different house. Yeah. It definitely seems like it's changing. There's that um, shot. Well, they have the shot in the backyard. That's that's totally um, the same as mm-hmm. Brady Bunch. But if you look on the inside, you see the stairs. It's that open stair, wooden stair case. It's yeah. also straight out of the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Also, yeah. The, the doll. Do you have a picture of the doll that Vision was trying to... To uh, practice uh, the diaper on. right here. Yes, that, that's literally the Kitty Carryall doll. There you oh, go. From yeah. Brady oh, wow. Bunch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cindy's so, doll. They they, they know their nods. <laughs> the, the weird thing is, like, if you're if you're a big MCU fan, you're used to getting nods to the comics, and there's only a couple of nods to the comics. This is doing nods to classic sitcoms. It's such a TV thing. It's it's a weird thing, and I, and I think that's what that's one of the things that threw me off a little bit. Is I'm like, yeah, they're still full of Easter eggs, they're full of references, and they're they're still doing their thing. But their thing isn't a, a comics thing; it's a TV thing. Ooh. And like the the movies don't reference other movies; they reference the comics. So it's it was a bit of a jarring thing, I think. Randy, this show is for you. You're a comic book guy, and you're a TV dude. This is it. It, it should be right up my alley, and I'm not in love with it, but I'm enjoying it. Gotcha. Was I, that too? Was that too? Uh, Dotson's touching. Grant, was that that was? <laughs> that was my small wonder. Uh, <laughs> time or whatever. Uh, small, yeah. Will Morris says we're going to see <laughs> '80s robot girl sitcom Small Wonder with Vision as Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, a lot remains unknown. We'll see what happens with next week's episode and if it finally wins Randy over or if he flips the table and is done with the MCU. Throws his, me over. throws his podcast microphone in the trash can and walks away <laughs> down an alleyway. <laughs> Very dramatic. Um, but yeah, we'll be back again next week. I want to go ahead and wrap things up here. Say thank you everyone who's tuned in live to watch us. And once again, remind everyone else that you can find our YouTube channel, MCU pod, go there and subscribe and get notifications for when we go live. If you want to join us and chat along with us. Um, Otherwise you can of course check us out on all of your podcast apps, or you can watch the video over on YouTube and we appreciate all your support. If you can subscribe, give us those five star ratings and reviews, do all that stuff. Uh, We appreciate it. You can also follow us on Twitter over at MCU pod figure out when we are going live. Um, Randy, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me at uh, tvdudes.com or I'm sorry, the tvdudes.com. We also, of course, have a Facebook page. Uh, you can find my comic book podcast, The Roguecast, over at Rogues Gallery Comics and Games on Facebook or at roguesgallerytx.com. Uh, Mike, can people find you anywhere? Yeah, you can find me at Mike Moody Garcia on Twitter and Insta. And Grant and I also do a Star Trek podcast, Star Trek Discovery Pod. We do. 
Um, yeah, you can find me at Baron Von Grant. And once again, thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week talking episode four of WandaVision. Bye. Thanks, everybody.